Hey there, this is Hannah McGee, and welcome to the iHeart2C podcast. Join my husband, John, and me as we talk about all the happenings in our favorite place, Canyon County. We'll be highlighting businesses, organizations, and just plain old people that make this such a great place to live. If you're tired of all the negative on the news and social media and need some inspiration, you have come to the right place. Canyon County is one of the fastest growing areas in the country. It's a great place to live, and it's where we're raising our family. We're going to take a few minutes each week to talk about the place we call home, the good folks, and the great happenings going on in Caldwell, Nampa, and beyond. So join us here at the iHeart2C podcast. All right. Well, thanks again for all of you who are listening and joining us today. We have such an honor to be able to interview and chat with um, the wonderful uh, Mayor Debbie Kling from Nampa. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Debbie. It means so much that you're here. And I'm so excited to talk um, to you about all the great things that are happening in Nampa. Um, but before we do that, could would you... Um, kind of just give a background of of where you've come from and how long you've been in Nampa um, and give us a little background of who you are. Oh, thank you. Hannah, thank you so much for the opportunity to join you today. I so appreciate it. And I love your brand, iHeart2C. Thank you. And the work that you're doing across Canyon County and bringing us all together. Thank you. I love doing that. I love being a part of Canyon County. Mm -hmm. And um, so we moved, my husband and I, my husband, Jim, uh, mm-hmm. was born in Nampa a long time ago, mm-hmm. and his dad was born in Nampa, and his grandmother was born in Nampa back in the late 1800s, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of deep roots in yeah. Nampa. I grew up south of Kansas City mm-hmm. in a town, Olathe, Kansas, which is a town very, very similar to Nampa. Mm-hmm. Um, it is home to Mid-American Nazarene College and Nampa's home to Northwest Nazarene oh, okay, College. Yeah. So interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, the communities both have grown similarly and we're both, you know, just on the outskirts of a more major city. So having been here 30 years, I um, I am so thankful that I get to live in Nampa. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly mean that, that I get to live here. I don't have to live here. I've, we have chosen to live here, and we're so thankful to be in this community. Um, over the last 30 years, I, I was a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. Actually, I've been married in November 46 years. Oh, congratulations. And uh, was a stay-at-home mom and um, loved raising my kids. And then when I started working in the last 20 years where I've been focused, um, I've done a number of things. I worked for Governor Kim Thorne and we organized the National Governor's Meeting. Um, I had a, a, a season where venue management was my career path and I really loved that. And um, did a lot of volunteerism with Junior League in Boise, uh, which was just, I learned so much working with the nonprofits in on the venue management side. I was part of a startup company, mm. which is was, was great. And then uh, immediately prior to becoming mayor, um, I was asked if I would consider uh, serving with the Napa Chamber of Commerce. So I was the president at the Napa Chamber of Commerce for about four and a half years uh, before I made the decision to run for mayor. Mm-hmm. That's great. And so, you have served four years, right? So you've done your first four-year term, right? Yes. I'm just finishing my first four-year yeah. term uh, right now. That's exciting. Yes. That's awesome. 
So one, what in your mind would be one of, uh, one of the biggest surprises about Nampa that you maybe never realized um, when you took office as mayor? Obviously, you've been involved in this community for quite a while with being in the chamber and raising your family in this area. Um, but what, what was one thing that maybe you were surprised when you took office as mayor for Nampa? You know, as I think of that, because I was really involved in the community through the chamber and worked and was aware both at the city level, what was going on in the, in the legislative statewide level, mm-hmm. there wasn't a huge surprise um, that, that caught me off guard in any way. Um, if there's one thing that continues to amaze me that I've come to know that I knew, but I continue to know, and that is how amazing the people of Nampa are. Mm. What an incredible community we have. Um, Maybe one thing that I had learned was uh, our poverty levels, Mm. which are too high, Mm. right? That we need to address. And so uh, getting inside municipal government and you see the need, how great the need is, um, that too probably was uh, something that I was less aware of. As I, came, as I came into office, the, the need is great everywhere. Sure, sure. And so um, I know this wasn't on our list, but when you say that the poverty level is higher, are there some things that you have in your mind that you are able to help address that issue and maybe help it not be so high uh, for Nampa? So, you know what? Having a livable wage, mm-hmm. I think, is important. And so when I came into office, the goal was if to reduce taxes, let's say, and to reduce the poverty levels, we need to make sure that we have people that are equipped to do the jobs, mm-hmm. right? So if there needs to be additional skill set training to have that available, but also that you have well-paid jobs. Well, today, our minimum wages have gone up considerably yes. in our community, where you've got Amazon beginning mm-hmm. at 50 to 1550, Serenolactalis, you've got Matern, and these are manufacturing type jobs, uh, more labor jobs. Um, Matern starts at, uh, I think, 16 and Audible starting at 17, mm, right? At, yeah. And you can start a McDonald's or another fast food restaurant at 13 and 14. So the minimum wages have come up a lot. Unfortunately, um, for those that uh, do not own their own home and didn't already own their own home, it didn't help a whole lot sure. because the cost of living has gone up recently considerably. Mm-hmm. So, but the goal is, is to have better paid jobs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so with, uh, with the subject of the growth um, and, you know, with all the people that are coming in here for someone who's been here a long time, um, you know, before kind of the boom of the, the growth here, um, with their city growing and the cost of living rising, um, what are some things that besides, you know, um, making it affordable, what are some things that you're planning to do to keep this community a place um, where young families can afford to raise their families here and or either coming in or even staying here? I tell you that that is a, the answer to that question is not easy mm-hmm. because um, it's not an easy fix. Our cost of housing has, it's risen way, way, way too fast. As recent studies have shown that the Treasure Valley is the highest housing cost across the entire nation at the increase. 
and where we are and over what the value should be. <clears throat> so there's so much out of our control. Mm -hmm. How long mm -hmm. is it going to last? Is it going to crash? What's it going to do? There, there's a lot of uncertainty today, which makes it difficult. That said, one initiative that I want to begin on immediately, and I wish we already had this done, but it's not, and that is an assessment of our city, every business type that we have. What are the wages of the various businesses and jobs within the various business sectors? Mm -hmm. And what are the housing needs related to those positions? And then do we have the housing available mm -hmm. for them? So for someone wanting to get in to find a place to live today, it is, it is crazy, crazy hard. Yeah. So many of the solutions that we're talking about are rental solutions, mm -hmm. right? People talk about affordable housing all day long, but really to get out of a cycle of um, you really need to get into home ownership and you can own a home many times for what you're paying for rent. Sure. And then you get to realize that increase in value, but because our assessed values have jumped so drastically so quickly, it's preventing a lot of families from being able to buy a home. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the rentals that people are being priced out of the rental market right. and they're seeing their rent go up from a hundred to 350 to $500 a month. Mm -hmm. And then it pushes them out. So we do have a whole new homeless situation going on wow. that it's not someone that ever would have been homeless. Sure. Someone that just got pushed out of a rental environment and they can't find another place to live. Yeah. So trying to identify some solutions for that. So through uh, community block development grant funding and I, th and other means trying to help support um rapid rehousing opportunities to where you people have a down payment to get in working with organizations that if they can't afford their rent that they can supplement them so that they don't lose their home or their apartment or whatever it is i think there's a season that we need to have help mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. for our citizens um long term i think that um i think some housing opportunities where you have um, we need to be creating more affordable housing, but I am not a huge proponent of a lot of the, the uh, apartment complexes, right? We need affordable housing apartments, and it gets people into nothing more than a perpetual rental environment. Sure. I want to create a longer-term solution mm -hmm. where there are homes that are affordable for uh, those that are wanting to get into first-time home ownership. Right, so that the affordable housing can be kind of a transition into something else. Well, that's exciting that hopefully, you know, as as you continue to be mayor and be able to help, because um, I think I don't know if some people don't realize you can't you don't make a lot of like you have proposals and you have ideas, but you <laughs> you can't just say this is what it's going to be. You have to run it through the city council. And I think a lot of people think that you you make a lot of these decisions, whether they like them or not. And it's really not you that can make those. Right. Is that right? That's absolutely right. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Because so many people think that the mayor makes all the decisions. Mm -hmm. And in reality, when it comes to even growth, let's say, when we are approving a new annexation or a rezone or whatever, that is one of the roles of city council. Mm -hmm. City council has two primary responsibilities, and that is ordinance 
And then we have a lot of zoning that we do and budget, mm-hmm. approving expenditures. So that is the role of city council. The mayor, in, especially in Caldwell, Napa, and, and in Idaho, with the exception of a couple cities, we are the strong mayoral form of government. And so the mayor serves also as this the city manager, the CFO, I mean, the mm-hmm. CEO, not CFO, because we have a CFO, but the CEO of the city. So mm-hmm. operationally with the oversight, some cities in other states, and a lot of them, the mayor is a uh, oversees the city manager. They don't do the job of city manager. And here we do all of that. So, um, but the city council has a huge responsibility. Yeah, right. Yeah. I can share a classic example right yeah, now is please. water. So mm. irrigation water got turned off early this year. Right. And I'm watching Facebook posts that say, you know, they're, we want a refund. We're mad. We need mm. a new mayor. Well, I will tell you, unfortunately, the mayor doesn't have any control over Mm. that. The water is managed by irrigation districts, and the city buys the water from the irrigation district, and we put it into our pressurized irrigation system and distribute it. But when the water goes off, no different than a farmer, they have paid, or someone that's a landowner, they have paid their their irrigation water bill Mm -hmm. for the whole year. And if it goes out early, it goes out early. And it's not because of growth. Many people think mm. the reason that the irrigation water was low this year is because we allowed too many houses to be built. Uh-huh. Well, and that's actually not the case. Right. So um, if you take a field, right, with and irrigate that field, there's X number of uh, inches per acre, right, of water that's dedicated to that area. Mm-hmm. Well, when it's subdivided and built upon, you've got a house taking up some of that ground, you've got driveways, and you've got streets mm-hmm. and sidewalks. So the actual amount of green space that needs to be watered is it's less. less yeah, more. good point. Yep. And so it, the growth is not what caused us it, it, you know, to be low on irrigation mm-hmm. water. It has to do with our low snow year. Right. And ir- right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so those that think the mayor did it, I have to say they actually... <laughs> If I had the control to change it, I yeah, would. Right. I, so. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you for giving an example. That always helps, um, you know, our listeners who may not just understand how our city government works a little bit more. Um, and still on kind of that subject of growth, another big question I know we get and um, people coming in is just the concern of the infra- infrastructure, especially the transportation and the roads. You know, when our city was built, it was built... Um, with a way smaller population. And so our roads seem to, in a lot of different areas, seem to where you won't, you're not able to widen them. So um, what, are, what are some ideas and plans that you have in place um, for that type of infrastructure growth? So um, each year since I've been there, we've surveyed our community. And one thing that they, everyone says is growth needs to fund growth. Mm-hmm. And so with that, we have increased our impact fees for streets so that growth is funding growth. You have to have matching dollars from the city to Mm -hmm. expand your streets, but where the growth has caused us to need to expand our lanes or the growth has caused us to need to add a signal or a roundabout, the impact fees are now designed to where they are covering those costs rather than the, the actual taxpayer. Mm-hmm. We're, um, 
we're actually considering a utility impact fee too. And um, I think the one thing for people to know is an impact fee is only paid by someone coming in building a new home. Mm -hmm. Not by, it's that new home and it's a tax that's put on, a fee that is put on that new property when it's built. Existing homeowners don't pay it. But it covers the costs associated with those people moving into our community. And so that's one thing that we've done. The other challenge that we face, um, so Nampa is the largest full-service city in the state of Idaho. Wow. Because we do everything from, and Caldwell does too. Mm -hmm. um, very similar to Nampa, it's just got a different population base. But um, so... One of the challenges that we're facing is that the state statutes that guide the distribution of funds, both from a highway district, the share, uh, the levies and how those are split, and the highway, the state high distribution of highway funds, mm -hmm. some of those uh, statutes and the guidelines are very, very old, mm -hmm. literally from the 30s, and they haven't sure. changed. Wow. Yet our cities have grown considerably. Mm -hmm funding opportunity hasn't grown with it. And so we have a couple challenges when it comes to funding roads in particular. Yeah. And that is that um, like for the city of Nampa, we have a $14 million annual deficit wow. in roads that we need to do, mm -hmm. even with our impact fees and even with the, the funds, the levies um, and the way they're structured. So it is, that is not easy. And there's a lot of complaints about roads, mm, right? Yeah. That's what we hear all the time. But we are working to review the state statutes and see what changes can be made um, for the distribution of funds based on population mm -hmm. and then lane miles. So for the city of Napa, we have over 800 uh, lane miles of roads. We have 430 miles of sewer pipe. Mm. And uh, we provide clean water to 33,000 customers. Um, every day. And so we have a great team of people that work hard. Nampa is an older city that was a large city. And so we've got a lot of older pipes in the ground. Mm -hmm. Our goal, we need to be replacing about five miles of pipe, domestic water pipe and sewer pipe every year. Wow. And we only have funding to get about one done. <laughs> And wow. so that's a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. So um, it, there's a lot of work to be done, but it is an area of focus that we look for grants, other funding opportunities, and whatever we can do to get it done. Um, stewardship is huge to me that we're good stewards of those precious tax dollars. Yeah. So uh, we just work diligently to ensure that we identify every funding opportunity and keep the cost to the citizens as low as we possibly can while still providing service. Because at some point, you have to replace those pipes. We've had more broken pipes in the last year mm. than we have in many years. And we're finding that trend continue to increase. And it's more cost effective to repair than it is to, on a maintenance standpoint, than to have a line break and have to go out and do it unscheduled. Sure. That's very expensive. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure a a lot of people probably wonder, you know, with the some of the road clo closures and stuff like that, what that would be. But most likely, it's you fixing the uh, the leaks and the the pipes that are breaking. I assume. Well, <laughs> excuse me. That and when a new development comes in and they're extending mm -hmm. the water, 
right oh, sure. sewer water lines yeah. there's been a lot of that going on yeah i yeah. bet i bet um so transitioning i know i get this question actually often because you know people me knowing kind of what's going on in Canyon County. So one question I get, which I have no idea, um, and I don't know if this is in your jurisdiction, but the um, the shopping area right off of Garrity, where Macy's used to be, and all you know, all that, those wonderful buildings that have been built that are empty. Um, why do you have any insight as to why they're still empty, especially with the growth? You'd think that businesses would want to go in there and you know, be available for the community. But why is that such a, um, a tough location for um, growth right there in businesses? So that is the Gateway Center. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, the initial company that developed that, candidly, they made a really big error in design. Mm. And the way they designed that really wasn't um, customer friendly. So it, and it hit right before the recession. Sure. So yeah. when they got in, uh, because of the rock and the underground there, it was more expensive than intended. Hmm. And then the, uh, we went through the recession and, but the design I think has been a huge detriment hmm. to that. And so they, the initial developer sold that to another developer and one of the things we discussed is you're going to have to change the entrance so that you're not entering into the back of a building the way it was designed and mm. open it up. Yeah. And they did not make that investment. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a quote doing the same thing over and over again and yeah. expecting a result, right? Sanity. Well, that's a simple. Mm-hmm. Yes. That. <laughs> so I am so excited though, that the Gardner company has purchased that area. They are redeveloping it. We've had a number of discussions and they are going to redesign it. Wow. See a a totally different business mix in there. Mm. You will see see multifamily housing going in there. Mm -hmm. You will see a different business mix going in there. You'll see buildings change. Um, The Gardner company does a really good job on their developments. And uh, I really appreciate their investment and what they're doing. And so I'm excited to see the change that's going to take place there. And it does take a little while to get it done, but this is absolutely the right time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we talked about needing more housing, right? And the need is there. There is a shortage. So some of that will be housing. Some of it will be businesses. Mm. um, And so it'll be good. So I'm excited about that to be able to say, yes, we're going to see a change. Yeah. But it took a developer that was willing to make the changes that had to be done. Sure. They they're, have the investment and they're willing to do it. And so it will be on its way. Oh, that's exciting. Thank you for sharing that. I know that I think people do get discouraged because all those empty buildings, um, you know, the potential for, I know there was a rumor that Ikea was going to go in that old building of Macy's and you know, all this, you know, just exciting, especially with such the growth and then even some great, re- better, even more restaurants. I know we have quite uh, s- smaller hidden gems in that area too. Um, so that will be exciting to see, see that change for sure. Thank you. So, thank you for sharing that. I'll, I bet a lot of people will be excited to hear that for sure. Um, so just a couple more questions that I have for you. Um, part of, of you know, you've done such a great job, I think, keeping the um, integrity of Nampa and um, Canyon County as a whole, you know, being 
um, a center for agriculture and the gateway to what we have in Canyon County for, you know, Sunny Slope and all the, the wonderful farms and dairies that we have. Um, but, and, but as a resident of Nampa, what are some things you um, think are important as a resident of Nampa to, to be involved and to be an active citizen um, to help our community keep going the way it is right now in a positive direction? Um, can you give some insight of what you think is helpful for a citizen to be involved in? You know, one of the, I think, challenges that um, and not only Napa and local organizations are facing, but as a whole, is the lack of volunteerism, mm. the lack of involvement in our civic clubs. Mm-hmm. You know, the, one of the greatest assets that Napa has, but this is true of, I believe, all of Canyon County, is that we still have a sense of community yep. in our communities. We are an area that still has the influence of agriculture, the hard work, the work mm-hmm. ethic, the place where neighbor helps neighbor. Yep. So, And that is so important. We've seen in the recent months with all that is going on that we're all, whether it be the pandemic and the divide in our nation, where there's this fracturing and division. I think for us as a community, we need to always come back to that place of hope, believing the best. Mm -hmm. We need to get engaged. And I think one way that you can get engaged, especially for new people coming in, get engaged in your local civic clubs. Mm There, you know, you've got Kiwanis and Rotary and Lions Club, and and there are places like the Salvation Army that you can uh, you can volunteer. Yep. Um, you know, and, and I hate to start saying them because I just have forgotten. I know a number of different ones that are yep. so critically important. But getting involved in your local community, in your civic clubs, sometimes it's your local church. Mm-hmm. There are local food pantries. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, during this last year and a half, we've done a number of food distributions. Yeah, yes. And those are, the need has been great. We've seen people with need that have never had need before. Mm-hmm. And it, it, just like the homeless situation. Right. So I think the beauty that we have here is that is the giving back. But I think we need to encourage people to get out and volunteer. Yeah. And pay attention to your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Meet your neighbors. Sometimes it's somebody down the street that needs help shoveling their sidewalk. I shoveled my neighbor's sidewalk one day, and she was shocked when she came out that it was an older woman, and her shovel hadn't, her driveway hadn't been shoveled, and it really needed to be. And I thought, you know what? I can go do that. Yeah. So I thought, I'll go do it. And I think those are the kinds of things that we all need to be doing. Yeah. And I will say, because my neighbor shoveled my sidewalk. Oh which was so kind of them. And I thought, well, I need to pass this on. And so I think that just getting involved, getting outside of ourselves and looking around and seeing where the need is and being willing to, to raise our hand and say, Hey, I'll go do that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love, it's so true. It's when we get out and volunteer, when we connect with others in our community, our neighbors, it's once we know them, personally, we know maybe some background or they have kiddos or whatever, it's a little bit harder to criticize them. It's a little bit harder to throw them under this category that maybe you don't agree with. When you know them, you give, we tend to give them more of the benefit of the doubt that, you know, whatever they're saying, if you don't agree or whatever, it's out of their heart 
you know, than just labeling these people, which are so easy to do now with social media and all of that. But I love it. It's such, you know, grassroots, <laughs> just getting out yeah. of your house and meeting people and serving others um, and serving together um, because there is a huge need. But I love that. It's such a great reminder of how actually simple it is to um, to really get involved. There's a lot of ways for sure. That's thank you for sharing. And it was it, I actually was able to visit um, one of the civic um, clubs here. And it's it was such a reminder when I went um, and I spoke there that, um, you know, a handful of the people that I met that day were, you know, from out of town. They had moved from California. They had moved somewhere. And it, they were they were so excited because the club that they were involved with in California, they were able to be a part of here and have the same purpose and get involved in the community that way. And it was such an, an easy thing for him to look up. Uh, I think it was the Rodeo, was it Kiwanis or Rodeo? I can't remember which one. But either way, like he was just, he was ready to go. He was ready to serve. He's like, I, you know, I left over there. I'm here and I'm part of this community and I have a club that I can get connected with. And I, I really appreciate the roots that all of those civic clubs have and how long they've been around and how they are, you know, around the whole United States. And so that was so neat to see and so encouraging that we have those clubs still available for people who are coming in and wanting to get involved. So I love them. They're great. And I know they love you too. <laughs> um, so uh, just a couple last questions. I would love to hear just, um, I know some people aren't comfortable kind of tuning their own horn, but I would love to hear maybe two things um, that you are really proud of that you've worked really hard to help this community um, in. And just, I would love to hear some highlights of, of some things that you have been proud of the last four years of your um, time that you've been in mayor? You know, the, the most immediate one that stands out is uh, during the pandemic, we set up our emergency um, umbrella, which is called NAMPA Ready. Mm -hmm. And um, Amy Bowman, my director of communications, really uh, led that at the beginning, but and brought people together and and, and, and then I had a separate meeting with community leaders um, and, and faith leaders, pulled a mm -hmm. different group together to inform, to talk, to educate at the beginning of the pandemic. Napa Ready has stayed in place until just recently. And then when things were going pretty good, we were like, okay, we don't need it. And now we're talking, we need to pull it back again, mm -hmm. but it's looks different this time. But Napa Ready, um, we, through that organization, and the coming together, we partnered with the chamber and did a number of, of webinars. We used funding that we received and did a $500,000 grant to local NAMPA businesses to help support where there was a gap. Mm -hmm. And maybe they didn't get funding through the CARES Act, but they needed to, to keep their business going and keep it thriving and opening. Um, through that, we made sure that all of our, you know, our small businesses that needed mass, that they had mass. Mm -hmm. So and today people are needing them again. And so uh, working with the Napa chamber saying, okay, we don't have any more masks. Do you have mass? It's like, yes, we do. We still have some and we're going to distribute them. And so the Napa ready and out of Napa ready came a Hispanic coalition mm. of people that were coming together to Love reach that. the Hispanic community. Yes. 
that is still going on today. Mm-hmm. Another thing that we were instrumental in beginning was that during COVID, we had a challenge where hospitals were discharging into assisted living facilities, people oh. with COVID, wow. and then you were dealing with COVID spread. Yeah. So we initiated um, a meeting with all the healthcare providers, uh, the various agencies involved, and the, the long-term care facilities. Mm-hmm. And we got some uh, wonderful communication going. We actually, I did not stay a part of that, but actually myself and Joan Agees got that meeting started with our emergency manager, Kurt Carpenter. It is still going on today. Mm. And they're using the same network of communication to deal with this next surge that we have mm-hmm. of, of COVID and how we're dealing with it. So if there were one thing that, that is one thing that, um, I'm so pleased went well. Mm-hmm. And, but the reason it, it was effective was because all we needed to do was pull the people together. Yep. It goes back to people. What's amazing about our community are the people. Yep. So if we create the hub for people to connect, then they've got all the ideas and they go out and get it done. Yeah. And so it was just very effective. Um, and then we've continued with our food distribution in partnership with the Idaho Food Bank and met the needs of so many people. So yeah, really that it just makes me smile and makes my heart feel good mm-hmm. because we were able to meet the needs of, an, of businesses and individuals and, but it wasn't us. It was just bringing the people together. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. And then the other thing I think is strategic direction. Mm. Um, Really, my first four years have there's been a lot of internal work, organizational work within the city that has had been done. But we've finished our uh, we we updated our comprehensive master plan, and typically that's a very expensive redo. But we updated it. We didn't outsource it to a consultant. We did it internally. It's a heavy lift, sure, but it saved our tax dollars. I mean, our taxpayers, a lot of money by us doing it internally. And I'm proud of that. Mm -hmm. We also have completed, we're in the middle of a parks master plan. We've completed our transportation master plan, our airport master plan. And we're still working on our strategic long-term plan, but we've identified, and I love this tagline, who do we want to be? Mm -hmm. And so it's a safe and healthy community where people prosper. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I feel really good about that because it gives it, it guides me every day mm-hmm. about being a safe and healthy community where people prosper and prosperity. Isn't just about money. Yep. It's right. about, family, it's about relationships. It's it, it, there's a lot of different elements of prosperity, yeah. but, and then lastly, part of that, um, you know, where people, uh, one of their priorities were the number one priority for our citizens. Uh, there were three, uh, safety, infrastructure, and economic opportunity. And so the safety side, we have such an amazing group of employees mm-hmm. in our police department and our yes. fire department, our first responders are such amazing people. But on the police side, we implemented CompStat and we have reduced crime substantially. I think it's, I don't remember the stat and I'm sorry, I don't have it, but it's at least 25% oh. over the last couple of years since we've implemented this. Mm-hmm. In fact, I ran into a gentleman last night that I had never met. And he said that when I moved here, 
my neighborhood was dealing with crime. And he said, it is not today because of implementing the work that you guys are doing. And so um, I, I feel like Napa is a safer community than it used to be years ago and by yeah. far today. And, uh, and we're working on getting healthy and making sure that we have walking paths and safe routes to school that we still need to improve. I mean, there's a lot of work yet to be done, yep. but I feel like we need progress and it really begins with a plan. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that we have a good plan in place. So we're not done, but yeah, uh, we're on our way. Yeah. Um, going back really quick, just to clarify for anybody who's wondering, when you said you're talking about the police and you said, did you say comp stat? Comstat. It's, it's community um, policing. It's a style of community policing. And so it's C-O-M-S-T-A-T, Comstat. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. And it's, uh, you know what it is? It's you go where the problems are, Okay. right? Mm-hmm. Instead of just policing and, you know, roaming around and finding the whatever, you really identify it's data-driven. And mm-hmm. we have uh, excellent crime stats. And you watch those statistics you know where your highest accident rate is sure and that gives you an idea that's where you, what what do you need to do to help resolve that mm-hmm. you know where your crime is coming from what kind of crime it is yeah. and we could tell you every day i get it every week we get an update mm-hmm. on crime stats and we have a really good idea and then you can really target those areas sure and, um, not that I want to send um, our challenging uh, citizens to someone else's community, but I do want to make it to where, you know what? If you're not going to obey the law, you probably don't want to live in Nampa because it's not going to be well for you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, hopefully they will improve their own lives, then have to move away. So that's that's great. Yes, I love. Cool. Mm-hmm. I love hearing that. Well. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us and um, just share all the great things about Nampa. I I grew up in Nampa, so I've been there since 90. And, you know, it was a great place to grow up and experience. And it, I felt very safe as a young child, um, riding my bike down the streets and volunteering at the, um, um, the nursing home and all those things. And so it's so neat to see as an adult um, and being, you know, being there on a regular basis with my kids, just how safe I still do feel um, being downtown or wherever I go. You guys have done a, such a great job. And I love, you know, um, you know, you leading the community and just the partnerships that you have with the chamber and all the different departments that you guys work so well together. So thank you so much, Debbie, for joining us. Um, I wanted to ask you one question, and I know this might not be too fair, but where is your favorite restaurant to eat in Nampa? Mm. You know what? I have a lot of places. We don't eat out very much anymore, mm-hmm. but sure. I love to support local, like the Tower Grill. Yeah. I tell you what, I love Nate. We haven't mm-hmm. been there as much due to COVID, right, when we weren't eating out. Yeah. Um, love uh, Nate and the work that he does. Italian-esque oh, is yes. a newer restaurant over at the Gateway. Mm-hmm. Wonderful local family that started that restaurant. Yeah. Italian to go is right in downtown Napa. Love that. Yes. Then we've got Mesa Taco. We've got Holy Cow. And you know what's scary is when you start naming them, you're going to leave <laughs> somebody out. And so yeah. uh, 
the one thing I would say, I, I love going to our small local restaurants. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite thing to do uh, when I do go out. And so I don't have a lot of time to go out, but um, I love that. And like Brick 29 mm -hmm. is a safe, yep. wonderful, fine dining and uh, such excellent food. So, and But then I'm just thinking it's my so many yes, more places that um, I like just supporting our local yeah. businesses. I like supporting our local mm -hmm. restaurants, even if it's to go. I tell you what, JP Thailand Express on 12th Avenue is mm. phenomenal. That's what I've heard. Um, I've never had, never tried it yet. Absolutely incredible Thai food. Mm, that's but awesome. There's, there's, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> you keep I, going. Can go on, I yeah. can go on I'm sure. All the restaurants. So there's it. a lot of um, yeah. great rest local restaurants. Um, yeah. Awesome. I think about Irma and her restaurant mm -hmm. and uh, jalapenos. Yeah. Jalapenos and uh, yeah. Yep. That's also excellent. So I love Mexican food too. So yeah. yeah. I know it's true. You could go on and on. There's so many great ones. Um, so really quick is what is the best way if people have questions um, about our city? I love you guys, your administration um, and your um, employees have done such a great job on social media. I mean, you go mm -hmm. on your page, um, City of Nampa, uh, at least I'm on Instagram mostly, but I know you're on Facebook too. And you have, you have a newsletter that is so helpful and informational and ways to get involved. And on your social media, you're always asking questions about what you're, th what do you think about this? Give us your feedback on you know, all these things. So I really appreciate that because I think that is such a great tool for a citizen to, you know, to know where they can speak their, their, um, their opinion and their voice. Um, but besides that, what, what is a good way to get a hold of you or leave a comment or something like that? Well, I tell you what, we have a, we, I love to have a phone that is answered. Mm. And so that has been important to me. And so you can, if you need to call, you can call the mayor's office and just literally visit with someone here in our office. And that number is 208-468-5401. Again, 208-468-5401. Or email us at mayor at cityofnampa.us. Okay. Again, it's mayor at cityofnampa.us. And we will get back to you. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to respond and we try to respond to the Facebook comments mm -hmm. that are there. And um, so, uh, you know, and Director of Communications, Amy Bowman, does a phenomenal job in pushing out photos on Instagram yes. and Nextdoor, which is a wonderful app. If people mm -hmm. are not on it, um, you can join the Nextdoor app and communicate within your neighborhood and then get general communications from the city. Uh, which is another good source. So, uh, okay. but then Facebook too. So thank you for uh, your kind words. And, uh, you know, people matter. And when I ran for mayor, I said, your voice matters. Mm -hmm. And I believe that as much today as I did then when I was running, I want to hear from people, mm -hmm. even if it's something that is a complaint, I want to know it because we can't fix it if we don't know it. Sure. And uh, we're here to serve. And I think uh, not coming from the government sector, as mayor, as I, as I do this job, my heart is that we are here to serve the citizens. Mm -hmm. And so customer service is a high priority to me and that we truly are serving our citizens and helping them each day. So that's, that's the heart behind it. And we'll hope we have the opportunity to continue to do that yes. as we move forward. 
Thank you. Yeah. And I would I would venture to say that most people feel that they are heard by you and the people that work with you. So we appreciate you serving this community. And I will have all the, the links in our notes so you guys can see those again if you didn't weren't able to write that down. So once again, um, Mayor Debbie Kling, thank you so much for being here and chatting with me and, and all the listeners today. It's been a pleasure to spend time with you. Thank you. And thank you to I, to I Heart 2C. You are sure I welcome. And all your work. Thank no you. No problem. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on the I Heart 2C podcast. Do you know someone or something that we should highlight? Would you like to get the word out about your business? Send us a message at podcast at iheart2c.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at iheart2c. If you like the podcast and are listening on Apple, make sure to leave a review. Until next time, keep it local and keep supporting Canyon County.